0: Yes, it's me, Egbert. As the new owner of this station, I want to make sure we have the best talent on the air. That's why I've decided to ban all real estate agents and only have real talkers like Brad and John. Here they are, B and J. And here we are. Hard to believe it's a Friday. Where did the week go, John?
1: I don't know, but, you know, we packed a lot of information into one week this week, didn't we, Brad? Well,
0: you know, it's funny. I was listening to one of the uh, retro shows we had on right before here, and uh, you and I forgot to talk about this. First off, that's John Combest, C-O-M-B-E-S-T. has a website called johncombest.com. For 22-plus years, he has every single day updated all the top stories around the state of Missouri. He pulls them out of newspapers, out of uh, radio stations, out of TV stations, and even NPR affiliates from time to time. (laughs) Even NPR. <laughs> right, even NPR, even NPR, even NPR affiliates. Okay, uh, we'll get to the top three. But first off, they, we talked about this, but we didn't. We you talked about it briefly on the air that the
1: Missouri legislature has
0: been off since Tuesday of this week. Is that correct? Yeah,
1: it's a parade week, Brad. <laughs> and we didn't. Of course, we didn't know. Jokes aside, we didn't know that obviously that what would happen at the parade. But listen, how often does a Super Bowl? Get won by a Missouri team. Well, I guess every year now. Okay, but the point is, is like, why should, why should you, why should you be at work when, when, when there's celebrations to have, Brad? Wasn't the,
0: wasn't the parade Wednesday?
1: The parade was
0: Wednesday, oh, Brad. So couldn't they've gone back to work? Yesterday or were they hung over from from the parade and couldn't they go back to work today or don't they work on Fridays? Don't they, they don't do anything on Friday, do they? No,
1: in gen in general the, uh, the folks leave town on Thursday. And I mean there's some folks that stay in town obviously if you have a maybe a special committee hearing or something. So But Brad it's a festive week and, and you know I'm I'm really offended that you wouldn't embrace, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Taylor Swift and, but, but John, and the whole Chiefs movement. And you know, you have this you have this unnatural tendency to expect elected officials to work and I think it's it's really <laughs> a limiting belief that you have.
0: That. Well, there's one more thing I haven't brought up. Do you know what Monday is, don't you? Yeah, it's President's Day. Right, so that means they're off yeah. Wednesday, well, yeah, Thursday, of Friday, and Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Too.
1: And even your friends in the Hazelwood School District will corroborate the fact that schools are off for President's Day. Well, I, I see. <laughs> and good luck making a bank transaction on Monday, too, Brad. Well, this is what, you know, I know this is, people
0: are going to go, oh, here he goes again. <laughs> I mean, this is why, this is, this is, if you go back and you track the decline of the Roman Empire— and Ooh, it's because, wow. <laughs> what's that stupid trend for a while? Everybody was talking about, oh, yeah. what do men really <laughs> think about? thinking
1: about the Roman Empire. Right?
0: What do men really think about? They think about the Roman Empire. Okay, uh, so if you go and you check, if you go back in history and check almost any great civilization, what happens is it starts to deteriorate when people get too complacent and quite honestly too lazy they start yeah. enjoying the fruits of their forefathers labors. uh in our case the uh you know the the founding fathers then we have all the 1800s people and the civil war and then we have the greatest american well you know we have world war one where a lot of our men and, and a lot of our women as well too went off and 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 quenched or quelched a a a, a uprising in in Europe, and then we did it again, in in the forties with you know with uh, with the World War II. and you look back and you look at these guys who are. Matter of fact, I don't know if you've heard this on the station. I found these little vignettes that I put on the station, which are all these little vignettes. They're little sixty-second vignettes, and they talk about Lee Marvin and James Garner, and mm. have you heard these before? No, I haven't heard that one. James Garner and and um, Charles Bronson. All of these guys, decorated World War Two heroes, Lee Marvin, uh, a, you know, like a Marine on like his tenth, uh, uh, you know, uh, storming of an island in the Pacific, was shot twice with machine gun fire. Uh, his entire platoon was wiped out except one other guy who saved his life. Uh, they got Lee Marvin back to the States. He was in rehab for 14 months, couldn't walk. Uh, same thing with, with James Garner. I mean, I mean, you, and you're like, okay, so let's take a look at our current batch of, of stars. You know, if they get a hangnail, oh, my God, I got a hangnail. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what am I going to do? Anyway. Well, and
1: Brad, isn't that, I mean, that's, that's the, the way the cliche goes is tough times create strong men. Strong men create easy times. Easy times create weak men. And weak men create tough times.
0: You know what's wrong with that, John? What's that? You put the word men in there. We can't oh, have... Oh, that's true. We How about humanoids? Right. We can't have men. We can't have men in there. Okay. What do we do? We start up the show by giving the top three. And we bring along Casey Kasem, who is nice <laughs> enough to essentially guide us along.
1: We're on our way to the number one. And here they are. In third place... Ameren is repurposing its old Merrimack Energy Center where it did dastardly deeds of burning coal. You know, that dirty stuff that has no practical use except for powering everything. But Ameren is rebranding that site as the Castle Bluff Energy Center. And it sits right here in the St. Louis area at the confluence of the Merrimack and Mississippi Rivers. I know what it's being repurposed for, Brad, is they're going to burn natural gas there to produce energy. Now, Brad, if I come to you and you know a lot about energy and you, you know a lot about renewables, and I say, Brad, this announcement by Ameren of moving away from coal and into natural gas, do you think environmental groups are happy about this and sit back and say, way to go, Ameren? Of course not. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> Because they're still burning one of those dirty, dirty fossil fuels. And the – let's see here. Who was quoted in this piece? Natural Resources Defense Council, of course, is upset. Missouri Sierra Club is still upset. And uh, Ameren really can't win, obviously, because they're trying to go to, quote, unquote, cleaner fuel. They're trying to go to a more renewable future, meet their own internal corporate goals. And no matter what they do, they're going to continue to get flack. But it is interesting, the fact that we've talked about energy a lot on this show, and here's a publicly traded St. Louis-based company, which is uh, moving to natural gas rather than coal in one of their old coal plants.
0: Interesting. Okay, We're moving
1: quite along. Up a notch to number two. If you've been waiting for some Biden bucks to come back to Missouri, well, you're in luck because the Biden administration – will be subsidizing improvements at two Missouri airports. No, not Lambert and not KCI, but airports in Springfield and Kirksville, Missouri. Kirksville Regional Airport will receive a little over $3 million to replace its current terminal, and Springfield Branson National Airport will receive $5.3 million to improve its passenger terminal building. This piece, by the way, is via the progressive blog network known as State's Newsroom, of which Missouri Independent is a member. Also that Ameren piece was brought to us by the Post-Dispatch's Bryce Gray. So more Biden bucks coming back this time for airport terminal upgrades.
0: Well, and, and obviously the big terminal upgrade is what they're proposing for Lambert, which once again, I shake my head because I think to myself, okay. You know I remember we talked about that, that was a couple of weeks ago when when that study came out that was like, oh it brings in <laughs> yeah. 14 trillion dollars worth of economic impact and and I got a kick out of the, the the spokesperson who said when people come into a city they want to see a beautiful airport <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, yeah and then they jump jump in an uber and they drive down on i-70 into downtown and they see
1: like like it looks like Beirut. Beirut right <laughs> it looks like they see Cory Bushland, but at least in Cory bushland and they know they're safe because they have an advocate in Congress fighting to fund the police.
0: I guess. Okay, here we go.
1: And here they are. The number one. The number one piece of news throughout the state yesterday was residual coverage, so to speak, of the Kansas City Chiefs parade shooting. Specifically, a couple pieces I'd point to on my website. Pete Mundo had Governor Parson on for the first comments that the governor had made publicly, in, at least in an interview forum, since the shooting. And the governor used a phrase that is sure to trigger progressive folks. He said that, quote, we can't let some thugs and criminals take over, unquote, when you're in a celebratory Environment when you're in an urban area, you can't let the thugs and criminals take over an entire city. So so surely people will be wildly offended by the governor's word choices there. Pete also had on his show, he also had Mayor Quentin Lucas on to talk a little bit about it. To his credit, Mayor Quentin Lucas did not use the opportunity – to make a call for more gun control. He – the mayor was essentially pretty even-handed and said, hey, look, we don't know a whole lot of facts about the suspects right now. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll wait until you know the prosecutor has something to say before we talk about the weapons that were used and the folks who perpetrated these crimes. So
0: you think that that uh, people will will find the governor's uh, phraseology, whatever you want to call it, you think think people will find that offensive? I think he's, oh, I think oh, from he's the, right From on.
1: the left, for sure. I mean I think I think most of us in the state of Missouri, even, even apolitical folks, would find what the governor said to be a statement of fact and wouldn't be offended by it. But if you're a progressive, Brad, you can't. You can't use the word thugs like that's just one of the words that's been banned in progressive vernacular
0: I don't you know see. Okay. Let's talk about that for a minute. Mm -hmm. I'm not an attorney. You're not an attorney Okay, right um What I find somewhat curious about this is that it is my understanding of the law That when you take someone into custody, you've got 24 hours to charge them If you don't charge them within 24 hours, you have to break them free. Okay, right now Obviously, these it was originally three. They released one of the the the, the people. Now it's down to two. Yep. They claim they're juveniles. Is that not cover for? Does that not does that uh, forty eight hour or twenty four hour uh, uh, rule? Does that not handle juveniles? Are juveniles exempt I'm, from that?
1: I'm not certain, Brad. And I was under the impression that all that that there were three people who were originally detained, and two were juveniles, and one and that one juvenile was released. And now there is one adult and one juvenile in custody. But I I could be wrong.
0: I heard the opposite. I heard that the two juveniles were the ones that are still in custody. And... Don't you find it a tad bit curious that there's not much information about this at all? I mean, you know, once again, a woman was murdered and yeah. a number of other people were shot. And they said that what was that they said the majority of the people who were shot were under under 16. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There to were a me, lot of kids to me, that's capital murder. Whatever the number one thing is, you throw the book at them. And essentially, they're uh, they're deemed to be adults. I don't care if they're fourteen or fifteen years old. You know, I mean, if they're if they're going to do that kind of crap, then they need to be charged as adults.
1: Yeah, and and so I was just looking, and I would point folks to Jane Duger on Twitter had a number of comments about this last night, coming from a legal perspective, and she said she was talking about a St. Louis case, and she said it's relevant to the KC shooting, if the the long story short is that it could take months to certify suspects as adults Interesting. like if you want if you want someone to be charged as an adult rather than as a juvenile um you know we we essentially we're going to have a long time to wait until we hear anything about who these suspects are
0: ah, man i tell you what I, you know and and the sad part of it is this is on the opposite side of the state but yet this is like my big picture thinking people go like from other states oh my god that missouri's a mess first you got all these problems in st louis now look what
1: happens in kansas city get what i'm saying yeah yeah, and that, would, you know, that was Governor Parson's point, too, and that further in his comments with Pete Mundo, he said that, you know, this is not... That what you saw at a parade by some thugs and criminals is not the people that make up the state of Missouri, and it doesn't even represent the, the 800,000 people that came out to the parade, and that we're not... His, his language was, we are not a state of thugs, and it, it's just such a shame with the national focus on Kansas City, of course, and Mayor Lucas pointed out on Pete Mundo's show that... The he had been you know up until the point of the shooting that everything had gone You know, you couldn't have had a better day Brad. It was beautiful there You know the Sun was shining everybody was having a great time. It was a family-friendly event And then you have this happen.
0: Can you imagine if case if uh, one of my thing not Casey if
1: Taylor Swift would have been there? I mean, can you imagine the the press that would have gotten And imagine if she had been anywhere within a mile of gunshots. That's what I'm saying. And it would have been our princess was in danger. Right, right. Can you believe this backwards Hick State doesn't have stronger gun laws to protect our princess?
0: Well, and the crazy thing about this is, and I think the reason that the mayor has sort of backed off on the gun thing is because if these two who are being essentially – Uh, held who are accused of doing this um, are juveniles the whole gun thing goes out the window because because of the fact that you're not supposed to be you know
1: if you're a juvenile you're not supposed to have a gun anyway you know what I mean I mean absolutely and you know the big when you look on social media I don't know how it was on Facebook but on Twitter and on Instagram the comments from the gun control crowd were that, well, look at in the video, see all those cops. You have a lot of good guys with guns, and they couldn't do anything. So, how about that argument that more guns equals better safety?
0: Well, what but they I...
1: don't realize that you know these, these these young scholars would not have been obtaining their guns legally through, through <laughs> at a gun shop. You know.
0: Well, one of the, the the quotes that is used a lot in some of these guys that I watch some of their videos when when minutes count, no excuse me, when seconds count, police are minutes away
1: yes, exactly
0: <laughs> now I, I know that's somewhat of a
1: uh, uh, you know, a somewhat nasty comment, but when you think about it, it's true. If, and, you, and it's it, not, and, and I don't mean to interrupt, right? but that's not a knock against the police, because logistically, they are minutes away. Right, exactly. That's the whole idea behind it. The whole concept of that saying is that you need
0: to prepare yourself for, and you watch these crazy, weird, especially if you've seen some of these bizarre ring doorbell videos where a oh, guy yes. comes up to a door and just starts kicking the door in, you know, and, mm-hmm. and they have, and, and they have no idea who the guy is. He's some crackhead who's driving, you know, walking down the street. I think I, I, I'm going to go get something to eat. I'm going to go in that house right there. And yep, he starts exactly kicking right. in the door. And you, as a citizen, dial 911. You know, you, you, know, you give and me your address. And then you wait, And
1: then you're at the mercy of the criminal that's right, on your doorstep. Right, exactly.
0: I mean, it's yeah. to the point where, and by no means am I saying we become vigilantes and take the law into our hands. I'm not saying that at all. I mean, you know, what's interesting is, by this, the name, the sheer name of it, if you're called a prepper, people go, oh my God, that guy's a prepper. But yet, when you think about it, the people who are the preppers are those the smart ones because once again if the electricity goes out you know a lot of these guys have generators and stuff yep, like that for sure. and and, if, and enough food right and you saw what happened to us during the pandemic where where you go to the grocery stores and there'd be whole aisles where there'd be nothing left <laughs> yeah. you know it looked like a hurricane came in and sucked all the food out you know what i mean it
1: just well, gone well it's the cliche Brad, of of the people that 5 years ago were considered wild-eyed conspiracy theorists it, today you're like, hmm, that guy had enough toilet paper and paper towels and rations but during the pandemic that's And the, he had a generator Right, that's the whole point The yeah, point is,
0: yeah. um, don't you agree with me that the preppers were so, oh my god, he's a prepper It was almost like oh, you, were, yeah, absolutely. you were some and nut I job And I knew people
1: who had the MRPs on hand all the time And a lot of them were ex-military guys and whatever But I'll admit, at first I was like, well that's that dude's kind of a freak show Like, why is he keeping water around? Well, and but, it's like, well...
0: But, but see, once again, the situation is and, – and mainly, mainly – mainly, let me try that again. Maybe because I'm in a business – this radio station where we have to keep the thing on the air 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yes. And, and quite honestly, when the stuff hits the fan, we're supposed to be first line of defense because we've got the EIS system and all that kind of stuff. And and the interesting part of this is, is that one of the things, and God, I don't mean to sound like I'm beating the drum for AM radio, but one of the things that AM radio provides is, you know what, let's take this to the next break because I have to explain this because I thought it was sort of interesting because here we go, here's another example of our federal government uh, doing something and spending millions and millions and millions of dollars and then essentially saying, eh, we don't care about that anymore. And, yeah, and they, right. this has to do with, of all stations, KMOX. And mm, I, will, I will tell you the KMOX story, which myself, being a broadcaster, uh, this came from me going to the KMOX transmitter site over in Illinois, and I was fascinated by what I saw.